People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. Guys, we are going to get into this full episode, a recap like normal. But first, this Larsa situation is so wild. And I just feel like we absolutely have to start with that, don't you? I'm going to combust if we don't. <laughs> I know you are. Okay. So there's randomly kind of a lot of moving parts. So let me give you guys a full breakdown of every single thing that has transpired in the last 24 or so hours. And then we'll get into a conversation. So as I'm sure some of you saw, Photos leaked of Larsa and Malik Beasley, who's a 24-year-old NBA player. They were in Miami in this mall, holding hands, walking. And when the pictures first came out, I think, one, people were interested because they didn't realize she was seeing anyone, even casually. And two, she's 22 years his senior, which always just sparks curiosity. After that, TMZ reports that he is actually married with a one-year-old son at home And they post an article saying that his wife, Montana, was completely blindsided by these photos and that she, quote, had expected Malik to be home in Minnesota for his 24th birthday on November 26th, and she was disappointed when he didn't make it back. After that came out, she then posted an Instagram story, his wife, that said, wow, I don't even know this man. This is wild, y'all. I'm seeing it for the first time, just like y'all. After that happens, another woman he was cheating on his wife with comes out and says she was also surprised to see the pictures of Larsa because she thought that she was the only one. Do you get to be, she thought she was the only one. Do you get to be mad when the person who's cheating on their wife with you is then cheating on you? <laughs> like, no, obviously, technically not. However, I think she was shocked, although pales in comparison to the wife's shock, I would imagine. Of course, or I would hope so. I imagine the wife seeing that being like, bitch. <laughs> right, like, are you kidding yeah. Anyway, so this is when it gets really interesting because Larsa has a son, Scotty Pippen Jr. He's 20 years old. He's a sophomore and he plays basketball for Vanderbilt. So he takes to Twitter and he starts liking a series of tweets that were basically saying negative things about Larsa. For example, one that said, 
to choose cloud chasing over your own child, shaking my head, I'm so sorry, sweetheart. Another one that said, I feel so bad for Scotty Pippen Jr., honestly, that young man has to deal with this every other week. Enough is enough. Somebody then took a screenshot of all of his Twitter likes and posted it themselves and said, look at how disappointed in his mama he is. This breaks my heart. He then liked that tweet and then tweeted himself and said, focus on myself and my goals. I'm not responsible for nobody's actions. All good over here. The one other social media element that I want to mention here before we talk about it is that Five weeks ago, Larsa had posted a photo of herself and she made the caption, I hold back, sometimes I won't. Two weeks ago, Malik commented and said, I just want to take you on a date and treat you like a queen. So just in terms of time frame, that was two weeks ago, which if he's just asking her on a date then, even though this is kind of like a social media thing, this must be very new, no? Yeah, it must be. Uh, this is so it's so crazy how messy this is and how public this is there is just no way in my opinion that he didn't want to be caught because one he's commenting but also that other woman that came out and said that he was cheating with her too she posted all of the messages so it's kind of like cheating 101 when you're a celebrity specifically an athlete to not do it in this matter and i think he just kind of had no regard i don't even think that it's that he wanted to get caught i think it's that he genuinely had no regard for it either way right which I guess you could argue is the same thing, you know, like if you don't care enough, then what does that really show? Yeah, totally. Totally. Okay. I know we both have a million things to say. Let me just preface by saying two things because I think it will make our dialogue a little bit more um, better flow. The first is, listen, I get it in the scheme of things. This is his fault. It's not Lars's fault that this guy is cheating on his wife. Yes, it's with her, but he's also done it with other people. This isn't like a blame the woman situation, right? It wasn't right of her, but at the core of it, it's his issue. However, We don't know Malik Beasley. We know Larsa, which is why our conversation is going to focus on her because there's so much more than just this. And I also just want to say, let's say for the last six or so months, she's definitely been in the news and seeing different people. And I think something that arises sometimes is this like slut shaming storyline. That's not at all what we're trying to feed into here. She can see whoever she wants. Clearly married men is not ideal, but her having a lot of different partners is like not at all something we have a problem with. Do your thing. It's pretty much everything else about her and and things that she says. <laughs> exactly. Like you can't go on a podcast, come out with this attitude that you're so much better than everybody. Your morals are completely in line. You know exactly who you are and you're never going to deviate from that. And everything you say about yourself is correct, whatever. Talk about Tristan and say that, you know, you're actually the one that introduced him to Chloe and He never cheated on Chloe with you because you would never, ever do that with anybody who was in a relationship or any man that was married or committed. And then three weeks later, be walking hand in hand with somebody in Miami who has a wife and kid at home. That's exactly my issue. It's not about what she does necessarily. It's about the contrast with what she does and what she says, because it's so easy to not make yourself out to be this like holier than thou person. You know, I, it's almost like you just want her to say, Hey, yeah. I do. I do chase clout. I do love fame. I do love drama. And people, I think, would respect it more. Meanwhile, she has this attitude of like, me? Heavens no. I would never associate with someone in a relationship than is doing so in the most public way possible. It's like, pick a lane because either are fine. Just when you put the two together, that's when you're going to have a negative public image. I think the most interesting part of this whole thing is her son liking the tweets. Oh my God. There is so much to talk about there. Let's let's get into a discussion. I guess I just want to say it's because it was so intentional. This is not like an army hammer forgetting that his tweets are public and liking a bunch of bondage porn stuff. This is like 
a whole other level wanting the world to know you are not in a good place with your mom. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing that you and I always talk about is we're now getting into an era where kids are able to control not only their own narrative, but now their parents' narrative. We're like through TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, they can come on and talk about a situation directly involving their celebrity parents that we would have never gotten that information previously. And that's exactly what you're seeing here. Exactly. Uh, keep in mind, obviously, it's very, very different. But I know I bring this example up a lot. Britney Spears' son going on Instagram Live, answering some questions about her and the grandfather. That wasn't a thing previously. And so this was interesting because it also showed the state of their relationship. Like if everything with between the two of them, him and his mom were perfect, he wouldn't take these measures. This to me felt like his final straw. You know, he's just pissed about what's going on. And like, I think it's really important to acknowledge that being a mother and being dating don't have to be mutually exclusive. Like you can be both. You can be a mom and be very empowered with your sexuality and doing all these things. No, by no means are they mutually exclusive. However, I think that when you are Scotty Pippen Jr., you're 20 years old and your mom is continually getting in the middle of these major drama stories with other NBA players that are around your age, I can imagine the toll it takes. I'm not saying Lars is wrong for for doing whatever she's doing. I'm just saying I can imagine the toll that it takes as the child when you just don't want to be the center of drama and you don't want all these people coming at you, which isn't Lars's fault that the internet is then taking to him. But I would imagine it to be pretty overwhelming. I think the most telling tweet was the one that he liked that said um, something along the lines of, imagine your mom like continually choosing clout chasing over her own son. That was, and that's the core of the issue too, is that it's not about who she's dating. It's not about who she hangs out with necessarily. It's that everything she does seems to be so for clout and so clout chasing that it just gets so messy and she's just always in the middle of it. And as a kid, especially as a kid who's trying to pave his own way and kind of enter into that arena of being his own person and then being his own person in the world of basketball, that's a huge distraction for you. Yeah, it is. Also, you know, every time something with Larsa just kind of comes up, I always just have to wrap my head around the idea that she was in the Kardashians inner circle for a really long time. And it's so crazy to me because I feel like when we think about their inner circle, we think of it as ironclad. There's not a lot of people coming in and out. There's the OGs. I know if you're listening to this, you may be thinking, what about Jonathan Chavon? I think he's just too far gone. Like I think that's just one where they said, fuck it. He's just in it for the long haul. He knows too much. But I think with Larsa, somehow she slipped through the cracks. And at a certain point, they must have just been okay with the potential risk of having her no longer in the friend group. You know, when you watch a doctor show and they like show <laughs> that one pathogen getting through, like that's how I picture Larsa. <laughs> Me too, Julie. That's a beautiful analogy. The thing with Larsa also is I think that they probably wanted to get rid of her for a while, if I had to guess, based on her actions. Um, and I think one day it just hit them that they couldn't keep her around anymore. And even if she did go and she did run her mouth, that she has no credibility or very little especially in this case, when you see her, like I said before, go on an interview and then three weeks later do the exact thing that she acted like she was so much holier than doing. People don't, you know what I mean? People don't respond to that kind of dishonesty well. No, they absolutely don't. And that's, that is the core of the issue here. And I may have said it before, but 
I just think the inauthenticity is what people have a hard time gravitating towards. It's like nobody's saying that you're this terrible person at all. That's not the issue here. It's just like people have a hard time wanting to get to know somebody that seems to just constantly put on a facade. And I don't know. This shit is just messy. It is messy. Mess. Each thing is messier than the next. Yeah. And that's how it is with Larsa. Every single situation she gets herself into is messier than the last. I know. I know. Anything else you want to mention about this? No, I think that's it. I mean, listen, I could talk about this forever. I obviously have a million opinions, but uh, for Larsa's sake, I think we can cut it off here. Yeah. There's no need to keep going on it, but we just wanted to fill you guys in because it's a headline everywhere and uh, that is what is happening. But Okay, transitioning back to the show for a second, we are on season three, episode three. This was actually an episode that was more famous than I had remembered it to be. This was when Chloe got her first PETA campaign, which was a big deal at the time. But the real main focus of the episode was more so about Chloe and her relationship with her body and society's relationship with women's bodies. And I just know, I know that one scene that I was so pissed about and I can imagine, Julie, we're going to have a crazy discussion on it. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's get into it, shall we? We shall. So Mother's Day is coming up, and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom, because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. We start out with Courtney and Chloe, and they're at like a plastic surgeon's med spa office. Chloe's having a consultation about maybe getting some sort of lipo procedure done. Courtney's saying to her, you know, you have no cellulite. What are you doing? And in her confessional, Courtney kind of sets the scene for us of the theme of this episode by saying, for as far back as I can remember, Chloe's always had body issues, and I'm always having to remind her how beautiful she is. People compare her all the time to Kim and I, and when she's standing next to us, she's 5'9", and I'm foot, five foot tall, so I'm actually really short and small. And Chloe's getting this vela-shaped procedure on her stomach, which if you watch the episodes from this season, and I think even maybe from season two, at the end, it says like, not on all of the episodes, but on a lot of them, it says presented by or sponsored by or services by vela-shape. So I know sometimes we kind of have that conversation of how much of these things are product placement. This one, I can 100% confirm it was very much built into the show. I love when you catch things like that. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. <laughs> well, you're too busy transcribing. Yeah, no, I could I would never catch anything like that. <laughs> but that's kind of sets the scene. There's nothing revolutionary here, but I guess what I will say is I feel like at this point, 19 seasons in, and there's countless interviews and episodes, we just feel like we have a really good 
sense as to who they are. And there's defining characteristics or defining storylines for each of them that just seem so organic and seem so built in. But you forget where they originated. And this, to me, season three, episode three, was really the first time on camera when we were introduced to Chloe's physical insecurities being such a storyline. Yeah, this is Chloe's Rosebud episode. Yes. Another thing that's interesting about this episode, just particularly in this scene where Chloe's getting a procedure done and and Courtney seems a little bit iffy about it. um, It's just interesting to see the way that they viewed procedures then. Isn't it? Because now it's like you walk in, you get a coffee and Botox. Back then, it was kind of like a thing where Courtney was sitting there saying to her, like, no, you don't need it. You don't need it. I really don't think you need to do this, which I'm not saying Chloe needed it by any means. That's not what I'm saying. But none of them blink an eye anymore if one of them wants to get something done. No. And keep in mind, at this point, Courtney had gotten her boobs done. Right. Yeah. Well, boobs is different, I think. No, it is. It's just it, – it, this is the kind of stuff where the progression is so extreme because even the fact that they're sitting in a waiting room, now – you know, Dr. Oriana's coming to their houses. It's just, it's a different world. But yes, plastic surgery was not nearly as normalized in their family as it is now. Right. And I don't think it's just them. You know, I think that you could make that same claim with a lot of Hollywood. You can make that claim for all of LA. Yeah. And New York. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So next scene, this is when we're introduced to the subplot line, which as we've kind of determined, it was definitely exaggerated, but there's some underlying truth to this. So Courtney and Kim are shopping and Kim kind of is just pointing at everything, getting everything. And in her confessional, Courtney's saying that she sometimes gets nervous shopping with Kim because she buys everything in sight. So she's at the register and in a very kind of my super sweet 16 fashion, they show the price. It's $19,723. And Courtney's just like, you have a problem. And it shows a montage of Kim buying cars and shoes and bags. And again, Listen, I recognize for any of us, $20,000 at a single store is astronomical. I get it. However, that is child's play for them now. And the fact that Courtney on her face had like this look of pure shock and disbelief, it's so crazy because now, I mean, that's that's a, a half of a Christmas gift. It's so crazy to watch. It is so crazy. And also that store did not seem like the type of store where you could easily drop 20 G. Like you had to really buy a lot of stuff. It was like a small boutique. I know. That's what I'm saying. Don't you wish, don't you wish that every single time though, when you're watching a TV show and they're shopping, like any reality show, they told you exactly how much they spent in the store. Julie, that is why I love Real Housewives so much because they always do that. I think they're required to. Yes, I love it. It's the best. I mean, on early MTV with like my Super Sweet 16 and things like that, they used to do it to kind of show, like even on A Fabulous Life of or whatever the the shows were, they would always show the price tag to kind of amplify it. And then I think that maybe became a little bit distasteful. But personally for me, I never lost the taste for it. I love it. I can genuinely hear in my head the cha-ching audio put in after after the price comes up on my Super Sweet 16. Right? It, it's like a laugh track. Right. So next scene, they're at Dash. And this is when the storyline about Chloe just talking about her insecurities really kind of escalates because she's reading this blog and it says, every time I visit this site, I have to close my eyes when a picture of this beast is posted with a picture of Chloe. I'm not usually one to say this, but she's one ugly motherfucker. And she's reading all of these things and you can see she's visibly getting so upset. And Courtney is like so upset that she's even reading and she's telling her, you know, you're so beautiful. You're not ugly. 
And while this is all happening, Chloe gets a call and it's PETA. And basically, wait, I have to read you this one line before I even tell you what happens. She hangs up and she's like, I don't know if this was a joke, but the people from PETA just called me. And Courtney, dead serious, is like, PETA kitchen? (laughs) No, that was so funny. (laughs) I'm so glad you wrote that line in because I was dying. It was so funny. And Chloe's like, no, PETA like the animal organization. And in her confessional, you know, Chloe's just saying they want her to come down to the office. She's a little bit skeptical about it. I have to say, when Chloe was reading those articles from all of those sites saying like really mean things about her and Courtney was telling her to stop, I couldn't help but just hear my therapist in my head being like, don't read it. Don't read it. Like, It's one thing to seek feedback and then it's another thing to just like consume hate. And there's just no reason for that. It's kind of like how you see so many influencers say they don't read their comments because it's too mean. And especially when they're attacking your looks. Also something Chloe used to do, and you can clearly see it in this scene, is that she used to consume feedback for the sole purpose of being able to pretend that she can laugh it off. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that as a theme with her over the years. She definitely has used comedy to mask, I think, a lot of her pain, which is common. Right. Like she's reading it jokingly to Courtney as if it doesn't bother her. Yeah, because I think admitting that it really does bother her would be too painful. The stuff they wrote is just it hearing her read that, it it really um it it really was very crazy. It's upsetting just in general, but specifically when you contrast it with now and the storylines now, which are not the same thing, but it's like Khloe Kardashian's ever-changing face because she just can't be secure with herself. It's like, why do you fucking think she's like this? Because for so many years, she was literally just brutally told how hideous she was and how she was the ugly sister and this sister. And and what do you expect? Do you expect her to just blossom into this confident woman when the entire world is coming at her for her looks? It's so It's so toxic and terrible. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. If you're wondering how Khloe ended up in the situation she's in, in terms of her changing looks. It, it's very clear to see how it ended, how it got there. It is not a mystery to anybody, and we like to act like it is. Every single article that's written about her now is as if this is just some body dysmorphic thing that she ended up doing on her own, as if like we as a society didn't directly cause this. That's what upsets me so much, because when the media write about it, they write about it with zero acknowledgement of the media being a catalyst for this in the first place. And that I find so frustrating. It's like, if she was living in a media-less world, she probably would not be in the same situation because she wouldn't have been attacked for so many years. And she was such an easy target too, because the Kardashians themselves were so easy that people felt like they could just hit at whatever they wanted with them because nobody took them seriously, especially at the time. So, you know, they all got their thing, Kim specifically, but with Chloe, I think they just felt zero shame because there was zero shame in, in attacking the family in general. So why not just go after her looks as well? Yeah. It's, it's very upsetting and I have a lot more to say in a lot of later scenes, but should we move on to the next one? Yes. Okay. Let's take a little break and then we will come back with them a dash. Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. 
I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable, like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard Skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because you guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which... I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims bras at skims.com now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Okay, so next scene, Chris comes into Dash and Chloe and Courtney are there. They're basically just talking about Kim's shopping addiction and Courtney calls the Holistic Addiction Treatment Program and basically asks if they have any interventionalists that deal specifically with shopping addiction. They get this one guy she sets up a, a meeting with him. There's really nothing to say here. That'll come into play later on. This is a perfect example of what I was saying about this plot line being exaggerated. Like, I do think they were a little bit concerned about Kim's spending, but not to the point where they were going to have an intervention about it, you know? Right, exactly. Okay. Next scene, Chloe's at the PETA office, and she they're ha- she's having this meeting with the woman who called her, and they bring up the I'd rather go naked than wear fur campaign and basically ask her if she would be interested in starring in it. And they're showing all the different people who have done it, like Eva Mendez and Christy Turlington and Pam Anderson. And Chloe says in her confessional that she just doesn't really know if she has the right look for it. So she says to the woman, you know, let me just sleep on it overnight. I'll come back to you. So the woman says, okay, no problem. While you're here, I'd love to just show you this video about animals' experiences. Keep in mind, it's very graphic. She shows Chloe the video. Chloe's horrified. And right after seeing that, not, without even finishing it, she says, okay, you know what? I'm going to do it. I this, this sold me. And she basically says in her confessional, I will do anything for a cause that I really believe in. So kind of like, yeah, I have these insecurity issues, but the animals are more important. <laughs> that was like the most manipulative thing I've ever seen in my life. The woman showing her the video when she said she had to think yeah. on it? Yes. I know. I mean, to her credit, it worked. It did work. I mean, I don't blame Chloe for like snapping into it and deciding to want to do it. But boy, was that a manipulative move. Also, because how would it have looked on the show if she saw that video and then she was like, I still have to think about it. I could you imagine the shit she would have gotten? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the next two scenes are focused on Kim's shopping addiction. I'm kind of going to breeze through them because I really do think in the scheme of things, they're not as worthy of discussion as the Chloe element. But basically, Kim comes home and Chris, Caitlin, Courtney, and Chloe, they're sitting there with the interventionalist and they sit Kim down and they say to her, we love you. We're so proud of you for your business and for the money you're making, but you have a problem. And she basically says to them, you guys are acting like I'm going broke, which clearly she wasn't. She was making a lot of money. But the point that Caitlin and Chris were trying to emphasize was you have it now, but you want to kind of save for a rainy day. So 
The guy leaves. Courtney takes her credit cards. Kim is like, this is ridiculous. I'm taking them back. Next scene, Kim, Courtney, and Chris go to Bloomingdale's and basically Chris and Courtney were trying to do this as a test. They were going to shop all day and see if Kim could successfully go along with them and not shop, which she does for half the time. She ends up storming out and they go back in and they find her in the dressing room. It was so dramatic, but like kind of funny to watch, honestly. Well, sue me. I like a scene like this. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm just saying if you didn't watch it, us discussing it isn't going to have the same effect as like the intensity of the conversation I want to have regarding Chloe. Right. Of course. So next scene, we're at the house. Malika's there. And Chloe's saying to Malika, you know, I don't know if people are going to want to see me naked on a billboard. And Malika says, I love seeing you naked all the time. What are you talking about? If I love it, somebody else will. I'm sorry. That was the best best friend line to ever say in that moment. The best. Right? Malika is good. Malika is good. So Chloe then emphasizes again in her confessional that she doesn't really want to do this, but the cause is going to be more important than her insecurities. I am so riled up about this next scene. Are you ready? I I am too. So <laughs> you start it, read it, and then we'll get into it. Okay. I also just want to preface by saying, <laughs> I just know I'm going to have some emotion in my voice when I talk about this because I feel very personally invested in all this stuff. I I really hate these types of conversations and think that it's so unfair to women. So if you hear me getting a little upset, it's because I spend a lot of time trying to talk to my friends to not speak to them and to stand up for themselves when people speak to them like this. But okay. So Chloe comes into the house and Caitlin says, so you're doing this PETA thing. And Chloe says, yeah, you know, I saw the video. I just, I have to do it. And Caitlin says in her, in her confessional, another nude shoot. Yeah. I'm real excited about this one. I've seen some of the other ads that PETA's done, and they were about as tastefully done as I think you can do a nude shoot. Caitlin then says to Chloe, I'll get shot for bringing this up, but don't you think you could lose a few pounds? And Chloe says, what? And Caitlin goes, don't you think you should lose a few pounds? Kylie says, I don't think she should lose anything. She's perfect the way she is. And Caitlin says, no, I'm just saying, don't you think so? Chloe says, I have a rock hard body. I'm just a bigger individual. Caitlin says, no, you are a bigger individual, but you could lose a few pounds. I mean, it's not major. Chloe gets up to walk away and Caitlin says, Chloe, don't walk away. And she's like, I'm done. And Caitlin, while she's on her way out, says to Chloe, see, that's why you're always wearing black. And Chloe turns around and she's like, I'm wearing black because I'm depressed, not because I'm fat. My blood was boiling. Do you want to go first? No, you go first. This to me is one of the most triggering interactions I have quite literally ever seen because one, it is nobody else's place ever, 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 ever to say anything to anybody about their body. As my therapist always says, that's a relationship between you and your doctor. If you have a concern about her weight, this is one, not the way to go about it. Second of all, as a dad, I recognize that Caitlin is Chloe's stepdad, but she's playing the role as her father figure. You are supposed to feel a sense of safety with your parents. That's kind of like this unparalleled comfort and safety. And to make a comment like that just shows that you are looking at your child in a way that is even slightly other than unconditional love because that's not an observation that should ever be made and ever be then communicated to your child of like, you love them for them. 10 pounds heavier, 10 pounds thinner, 20 pounds heavier, 20 pounds thinner. That's the second thing. The third thing is, it's not like this was in six months, which it wouldn't have made it better if it was, but it's not like this was a photo shoot that was happening down the line and Caitlin kind of wanted to just give her some motivation to work out because she had been voicing it. This was happening that same week. 
nothing that she could have done if she ever wanted to take that advice to heart, not that she should have or wanted to, she could not have done anything in that week for it to even happen. So the only thing, the only outcome that was coming from making that comment was making Chloe more insecure and more apprehensive to do the shoot. There was no, there was no element of productivity there. It was, it was so off and so not okay. And at the time we didn't realize how fucked up it was. I'm sure watching it at the time we felt it was a little off, but now at 26 years old, having dealt with clients that had this issue, specifically young middle school girls, I'm so much more in tune to it. And it makes me so angry. You do not get to go and make these comments about somebody else's body completely unsolicited. It's not like she looked at Caitlin and said, what do you think? She didn't ask for your advice. She's confident in her own skin. So you can go fuck yourself is how I felt. I, I, there's genuinely like nothing else that I have to add that you didn't hit on. It was probably one of, if not the most uncomfortable scene in the show, definitely so far, if not in the whole show. Um, And it's funny because as I was watching it, I remembered it the first time and I don't obviously think I had a strong reaction to it, but I was, I was watching it this time. I was like, there are certain times where we watch the show and we watch old episodes where we're like, oh, you can't say that now. Like, you know what I mean? And you have that kind of like joking reaction where you're like, oh, imagine if this was said. This was one of the times where I watched it and I was like, this isn't even imagine if this was said now. It was like, I can't even believe for one second that that was allowed to be said then that Caitlin felt comfortable saying that not only to her daughter, but on national television. It's just mind boggling because I don't know. Maybe it's how far we've come and we still have so far to go, obviously, but how far we've come in terms of discussing body and weight and all of those issues that I think that it was so exacerbated for me to watch. But I do think that at the time that crossed a very, very big line. It crossed a huge line. It is, there's something so different. Not that I think it should ever be a parent's role to feed into your children's insecurities. Like I really think the role is just to be constant, unconditional support. However, this would have been looked at differently if Chloe straight up says to Caitlin, I don't know, I'm feeling like I should really work out. And Caitlin wanted to say, you're beautiful as you are, but if you want to tone up a little, it can never hurt to feel more confident going in. That's fine, right? And by the way, there was an episode where, I think it was in the first season where Kim was probably doing Playboy, where Caitlin offered to train Kim or wanted to take her to the gym. But the way that those two things were approached were so different that if Chloe has, you know, obviously this issue about comparing herself to her sister's, that is so exacerbated by the media and so uh, over-dramatized by everybody in her life. For you to have, for Caitlin to put herself in a situation where her daughters are doing essentially the same thing and approach them so differently was, it was so genuinely uncomfortable because when Kim was doing this, Caitlin literally said like, oh, maybe we should go to the gym and work out. Not the most appropriate way to handle it, but definitely not, don't you think you should lose a few pounds? Right. Much more of a supportive, all-inclusive. They always say that, that when you're trying to communicate something like this, which again, I don't believe it should ever be communicated, but when you make it more of a team activity, it comes across a lot less condescending. It's kind of like, hey, we're in this together type of situation, whereas this was a condescending, condescending, judgmental thing. And what makes me so upset is like, we just had that entire conversation about the media and what they did. What about her own family? Like you just said, what about the fact that when you're being scrutinized by the media for your looks, the one place you should feel the safest is in your parents' home? If I was Kris Jenner and I watched that clip, 
I would have fucking lost it. If I, first off, there's so many things I know as a parent that I'll never do. I will never weigh myself in front of my daughter ever because I don't ever want my reaction to the scale, even though I've, I definitely feel like I have a pretty neutral reaction to the scale. Now I use it more as just like a tool because I've come a long way with that. Um, I never want my daughter or son for that matter. I never want my child to feel like there's an emotion around weight. Food is fuel. Like you were setting, I know Chloe was in her twenties in this episode, but she's still, you know, she's still at a formative time. She's still growing up and, and especially just now understanding her relationship with fame. It's like, you need people around you that are boosting you up. This I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but this just pissed me off so badly. I wanted to jump in that TV and be like, you don't know the damage that that one comment made because I am sure if you are listening to this podcast, you can pinpoint one comment that one person made to you about an aspect of your looks, an insecurity, a weight thing, whatever it was, and that has stuck with you. They forgot they ever said it. It could be 10 years down the line and you can still say what it was, when they said it, what it was in regards to. They probably don't even remember. So this was unfair. There's no excuse. There's nothing that could ever justify it. And I felt so upset for Chloe in this scene, like way more than I have in an episode thus far in these last three seasons. Uh, and a million thousand percent. Yes. hundred percent. Okay. Let's decompress, take a break. And we're going to come back with the pita shoot. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Very quickly before we get to the PETA shoot, Kim ends up coming back into Smooch at night. She apologizes to Chris and Courtney for walking out of Bloomingdale's. And she says, you know, I'm not an addict. I definitely have a compulsing shopping problem. And I'm just going to try to be a little bit better about it. And it was just funny because when I think back to a few seasons ago when they're planning the Christmas party and she's calling Connie basically saying, you have to stay on this budget. Absolutely not. I feel like from that one scene, we judged her as kind of like, keeping her finances really in check, which I'm sure she does. But I guess the best way to put it is I never have felt like the others viewed her as irresponsible with her money because clearly she's not now. So it was like a weird role reversal in a way. Yeah, definitely. Also, Kim at the beginning of her fame and what she did is so different than now that it's even hard to compare. Oh, yeah. I mean, because again, a Bentley at that time was not like purchasing a Bentley now. Right. It was a big under. It was a big deal that Bentley. Right. Which they ruined that day for her. They ruined that day for her. I would never forgive them, to be honest. I will never forgive them. And you know what? They flipped that fucking narrative. And this whole time, I thought Kim was wrong. Kim was not wrong. They ruined that day for her. If she ever comes on or when she comes on, sorry, I'm going to speak in positive affirmational terms. When she comes on, I'm going to say to her, I just want you to know for 10 years of our lives, we 
really did you dirty and really thought you were in the wrong and rewatching that episode, it was Chloe. And you know what? Same with the earrings, as I've always said, because if she didn't have a reaction to losing $75,000 earrings in the ocean, then it would have been weird. So you know what? I'm giving her back that too, as I always do. Yeah. It's so, Could you imagine the headlines that would have been, Kim Kardashian casually throws $75,000 diamond earring into ocean, comma, doesn't even care. Em, you know how I feel. Yeah. Okay, you guys, we have made it to the PETA shoot. So Malika comes in with Chloe and Troy Jensen is doing the shoot, which I think we're now on season three, episode three. I think he's pretty much done every photo shoot for any of them thus far. Troy Jensen's the main character of the show. Why? Where did he go? I don't know, but they he was the main character. Sasha Samsonova really took his spot in terms of their photographs. True. So Chloe's in her confessional and she says, I'm a little nervous. I wish my body was in a little better shape. So Kim comes in and Chloe is getting spray tanned and Kim saying how good she looks and she, you know, your stomach looks so flat, your little booty. And Chloe goes, Kim, stop being like this. You're not being serious. She goes, yes, I am Bible. And Kim in her confessional saying that she knows Chloe's nervous, but she's just there to support her. So Chloe's finally all made up and she's standing there in her robe ready to go. And she basically just kind of has a nervous breakdown. She's like, I can't do this. I don't want to do it anymore. And they think she's kidding. So Troy's like, oh, very funny. And she was dead serious. She's like, no, I I don't feel comfortable. She says, I'm like a fat fuck. I don't want to be nude on camera and everyone be like, ha, Kim Kardashian's fat, funny sister. I don't feel comfortable doing this. She runs off to the dressing room. Malika and Kim go after her. And Chloe's basically just saying, you know, this is really a lot of pressure. She's like, I wasn't nervous until I was standing there and it actually became real. And Kim has a little bit of credibility here because she had done Playboy. So she's saying, you know, I I know what this is like. I know how scary it is to be naked in front of dozens of people, but take a deep breath, find your inner you. And Chloe, I think, was grateful for Kim being there. She says that to her because it's one thing to tell somebody to calm down when they haven't been in the situation, but Kim has literally been naked in front of, you know, 24 production staff. So she gets it. Honestly, all she had to do was like laugh, make Chloe laugh enough to make her relax for a second and realize what she was doing. I saw when Chloe went back up, she was drinking champagne. And I was just thinking if I ever pose nude, which I do want to do, I will have to be drunk. Duh. Like just not drunk, but just a little tipsy to kind of take the edge off. Right. So she goes back down. She takes the robe off. She looks amazing. Kim's so excited. Malika's so excited. It's a very kind of supportive environment. And in her confessional, Chloe says, I'm really, really happy I decided to do this campaign. Even though my body's not like Eva Mendez or these other beautiful people, I have to be comfortable in my own skin. I cannot always want something else. It's just, I'm never going to have it. I need to learn to love myself and feel like through this shoot, I really did. I do think I'm beautiful in any way. And by the way, Chloe looked fucking amazing. She really, really did. I, You know how they say that comparison is a thief of joy? I, yeah. I found a lot that, of course, she compares herself to just the the world because that's what the media did but i also found so much in this episode she was constantly comparing herself to kim and courtney which how could she not but like kind of what she said here of like this is me i cannot change it like take away weight aside right that, that has nothing to do with that she's beautiful at any size and she was beautiful here it's not about that just quite literally she's five nine courtney is five foot kim is like five two she's always going to appear bigger there's nothing Kim would have to wear seven inch heels and Courtney would have to wear nine inch heels for them to even be the same height. So it was like, you really could see it here how I think just so much of her insecurity aside from anything else just came from the fact that she was just a bigger woman than, than her sisters who were deemed as like petite, you know? 
And she said that to Caitlin during that conversation where Chloe was like, I'm toned. She's like, I'm a bigger girl, but I am toned. And when she took that robe off, I was like, you're a hundred percent right. It is just, it, it was really crazy actually. It's it's very upsetting. It's very very upsetting. What what? It's very upsetting. It is. It's it's it upsets me the way the world, you know, message messes with these women's minds. Like, you, and by the way, it would have been equally as upsetting had she taken off the robe and wasn't as toned or any anything like that. It would have been equally as upsetting. It would have been equally as bad of a narrative. It would have been as equally as wrong. But when you go back to the fact that that's what she was trying to explain to Caitlin and Caitlin wasn't listening to her about the fact that she is toned. She's just a bigger built girl. It it made it so much worse. Yes. For me. No, I agree with you. The entire thing was just like, can we remove weight from the conversation you are being asked to do? And not, not on her end. I'm saying like in general, like she's being asked to do PETA. At the time, that was a really big deal for them. And instead of your family or your father being so excited about that, it, the conversation had to immediately go to her weight. And it's like, as everyone, anybody, regardless of gender, like weight cannot be the central focus because it is just so misery inducing. It's so superficial and it so should be the least interesting part about somebody. We are not our bodies. We are not our bodies. I said this before, but our bodies are literally just this mechanism that carries our souls. We are so much more than that. Whether we feel our best, feel our worst, it doesn't matter. I work on this constantly. I used to allow like five pounds to define the way that I felt and I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. Okay. You know what? I enjoyed myself. I gained a couple of pounds. Fuck it. Fuck it. I know who I am. Like, and that's what I wanted to say to Chloe. Like, you are so beautiful as you are. And I hate that this entire thing is about your weight. What about it being the fact that, like, you got this job? You had just been talking about how you wanted more gigs and you were, Kim was getting a lot more stuff. Courtney was getting a lot more stuff. And you wanted to follow in their footsteps. And that was never once discussed here. Yep. No, I'm, I'm so, so, so with you. Last scene, they're at the release of the shoot and it's everybody there. There's a giant building with, Chloe's picture. She looks beautiful. She looks great. And in her confessional, she's just saying she does feel beautiful and comfortable. And talking to the reporter, she says, it took a lot for me to do the ad. I'm not a typical stick skinny girl. As you can see, I got a booty. I got boobies. You know, I have it. People need to know that you have to embrace your curves and embrace, embrace everything and love who you are. And that's what this is about. I'd rather go naked in any way than I am than wear fur. Perfect. <sighs> I'm really proud of her. Me too. It's it's hard enough to like confront your own demons, but then when there's so many outside influences, I think it took a lot and I it was a it was great to witness. It really was. Yes, I so agree. I'm even now 10 years later, I am so proud of her for doing that shoot. It's funny when she says I have boobs though because now the whole storyline is that she doesn't feel she has any. Maybe when she lost weight, she lost some of them. I think we've all been there. So maybe that could be some of it, but it is like when she, she she never once mentioned an insecurity about her boobs, where now she speaks about that a lot. Yeah. Also, you have to remember though that in terms of times, like what was considered, like women who had bigger boobs were considered to be heavier than than they are now. I think in terms of just curves and bodies. Oh yeah. I also was thinking about this. Imagine Chloe watching this episode and then knowing that in twelve years she was going to host her own show, Revenge Body. No, it's amazing. Right? It's amazing. Yep. She really turned that pain into power, and I commend her for it. And I apologize for the way the world was to her, is to her. Um, but I, I liked it. I liked this episode a lot randomly. 
Yeah, me too. I always like an episode where there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. I mean, from now on, like I said, if there's not, we'll just do two in one or three in one or whatever it is, but it's a pleasant surprise when there is. It's crazy that we just get to make up the rules, huh? Julie, it, I love autonomy. Me too. I'm a slut for independence. What can I tell you? Slut for independence. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> slut for independence and Chris Cuomo. <laughs> That's my verse. <birth. laughs> oh, he's so hot. Um, okay. Anything else you want to mention? No, I think that's it. Okay. Well, we love you guys so much. We will see you. Isabel and I will see you on Friday for our Bravo episode. Uh, And what else did I want to say? Oh, our merch, I think, was restocked. I have to check it. We've been having a little bit of an issue, but it's the code is CBC for 15% off, I believe, for this week. Um, Don't quote me on that. Although if it's not there, we're going to make it for this week. So we love you guys as always. Just thank you for everything. This is so much fun. And um, Isabel and I will see you on Friday. 